Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Man, press record. Yes, I can see the little red button. It's recording. Well done. Have you fucked up another one or something? <laughs> well, I'll tell you in a minute. I have a little song I want to sing for you. Oh, I'm, yeah, work- yeah, yeah. I'm working on That's why I'm late. <clears throat> oh, okay. That's why you were four minutes late. You, you texted me at five past and said I'm going to be four minutes, which is really specific and nice of you. Thanks. So nine minutes late. Nine. It's nine minutes past 12. Good evening. It's nine minutes past 12. I have just a song, an old traditional Irish song I wanted to sing oh, for you. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd have been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Yo! That is beautiful. In fact, I think this time last year, we started lilting to each other. I think I lilted some of the Oasis stuff. It did. Oh, ask. maybe you're going to be the one that's with me. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, I mean, everything can be turned into a traditional Irish song with a bit of a lilt. And uh, actually, Moontour Ray would be the man to do it because he's done some lilting lessons over the uh, lockdown. Has he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you been watching... Um, school on RTE with Moontour Air? Uh, no, I just follow him on the old Twitter thing. No, ah. I don't sit around in my... Yes, you do. <laughs> Watching him, yes, rubbing my legs. Going, oh, Moontour Ray, what are you going to do today? <laughs> oh, you dirty old man. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know. Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Give you energy like Buckfast. And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Yeah. I should have moved the mic first. Sorry, excuse me. Um, I should have been prepared. I should have been ready. It is quarter to nine. It's uh, the Keith Walsh Podcast here with me, Keith Walsh. And I am uh, sitting in my room upstairs. Charlie's not allowed in because if you listen to the previous podcast, you'll know that he unplugs computers now. That's the thing he's doing. He's a vandal. Um, I have to go and collect my daughter from study. And uh, I've got a few minutes to get this recorded and then leg it out the door and collect her. So I will keep this brief. But um, yeah, it's a chat with me and Mike. And uh, what did we talk about? I don't know. I don't know. There's a bit of a fog for me around this one. I don't know what was going on. There's a very funny bit in uh, in. Well, I listen back now. It's very funny. Maybe maybe it's not. Where he's talking about, he's clearly talking about the commitments, and for some reason, I've got the cores in my head. So every time he says, when I listen back to it, every time he says the commitments, I obviously hear the cores, and he's going, "You know, the blonde one from the commitments," and I'm like, "Sharon, no, Caroline." No, Jim, no, the commitments, the blonde one from the commitments. Andrea, no. So I don't know what the hell, it's some sort of brain fart. Um, So <laughs> just it's going to be one of those, it's going to be one of those um, chats where I'm just obviously just out of it. Um, There must have been a marker, I must have opened a very strong permanent marker and sniffed it beforehand and Mike has a few rants that he just things he needs to get off his chest but he's a lot going on at the moment you know there's he talks about um, the easing of the lockdown the anxiety around that I think a lot of people are experiencing that like it's all over back to normal some people are very excited even the ones that are excited about lockdown being over even though it's not yet will still get the anxiety of things going back to normal it's, it's, it's going to be a crazy time mind yourselves uh, don't be afraid to reach out and 
find a therapist and have a chat with them for yourself once a week. It will definitely be worth it. Anyway, um, this is episode 93 of the Keith Walsh podcast. Seven away from 100, lads. And it's me talking to my friend Mike about everything. Oh, yeah. Bin Matt, was it? P.I. Private. B.I. Bin Investigator. It's all coming back to me now. Anyway, listen to it. Listen to it. Enjoy. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we're uh, stopping video. That's fine. Yeah. Just I in like, case. Like, yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Because you've had a couple of. Um, you were on to Nile. What's his yeah. name? Yeah. Nile Hurley Lynch. Yeah. That was. I don't know what the story is. Am I? Fucking internet. It's not your internet. It's just the, uh, it's just, it's everyone's internet, man. And it's, it's Zoom being overloaded, loaded and their servers can't deal with it and all sorts of stuff. Okay. Yeah. I, did you find, because the sound was a bit, it wasn't like, it was a bit, I had to go through and take out a lot of bits and sort of tidy it up. But you didn't find it off-putting, did you? Or too off-putting? No, I don't find it off-putting. I think, one, you know, if somebody's got a, a, a good enough story to tell and you're interested in what they're saying, you can you can put you know what they're saying. You know, you, you, you kind of you can almost fill in the gaps. Um, sometimes the internet does that thing where it fills in the gaps for you. It stops and then it comes up really, really <laughs> quickly. You know, and that's really that's that's kind of the bit I find kind of funny. You know, I was playing football there for a while, and but then we put it down the road. Scored a goal, and uh, yeah, <laughs> that sort of thing, which I find really fucking irritating. But yeah, but he he was very good. Um, and you also had on um, a lady from Lynch, only down the road. Yes, I did. So Niall Hurley Lynch was from Moorfield, and he lives in that garden, which is right next door to me. And then we mm. went all the way to Lynch. And um, actually, she's got an album coming out now. Let me just uh, on the twenty third, I think twenty third of April. Just to give me, just to give her her proper uh, props and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, while you're while you're researching it, I actually researched her myself, and um, okay, I listened to her tunes on um, Spotify, and I was so grateful to listen to somebody singing with their own voice. You know. Uh, because there's an awful lot of people and they've got, you know, either a sort of a Dublin accent or a whatever accent or an English or American, whatever. And all of a sudden they'll be talking like quite normal. And then they go. No, you're talking about Ronan Keating. No, 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 <laughs> you're, no. you're only talking about Ronan Keating. No, Ronan Keating started it. But there's an awful lot of people that sing like sort of like. And they're all copying each other. I and saw it's not, it's not fucking singing. Uh, Susan Quirk actually, her album will be out on the twenty third of April. Uh, you can pre order now. But I saw someone explain it, and they were like, oh, "Like they were from London. They're like, I'm from London. If I was to sing, like this is the way I'd sing. Like, oh, you know, going downtown in my, you know." And she said, "So I just have to flatten it a bit, you know," which I thought was a very good explanation. But it doesn't mean uh, you have to go all. This will. This will. I don't like. And it doesn't happen as much now, but when I started in radio, you were either RTE RTE, or you worked on the music station. You were Mid-Atlantic. Yeah. yeah. So you could you could work for RTE or you came and you stole a book like this and you announced the songs, man. Yeah. And uh, I remember we um, started on Spin, which is a Dublin station, but mostly Dublin people. And we were boggers. We were from like... 30 miles down the road from Dublin. Oh, God. Um, but we just spoke with our own accents and, you know, probably didn't really <laughs> pronounce or announce much. And um, <laughs> I think it was a little bit jarring for people at first, but uh, we were determined. And uh, we, we just always said we're just going to just be our, you know, as much as we could, just be ourselves and be, be as authentic as we could. So we just use our own accents and... Uh, you know, all around us, it was like, yeah, coming up, we've got uh, 10 songs from Boy George or whatever. Yeah, and, the, uh, there's a couple of um, famous Irish DJs and it's like, yeah, there's a, this is a great record. I heard a great, a great record back in the uh, great track and uh, they're really embarrassing. But then again, some of the greats, you know, like Whispering Bob um, on the BBC and Johnny Walker. 
again they were sort of yeah that's a great track from a record that i'm listening to and it's uh you know they were they were a bit sort of smashy and nicey mm. i think that's how like definitely there was a generation of irish djs who thought that's how if you're on the radio that's how you speak yeah. you know you, you you'd pick a point between america and ireland and you just go for it and england was mid-atlantic i suppose as well in their their accents their aunt dj dj accents yeah because yeah, that's how you speak because that's cool for young people to hear you know yeah man, Ma- man. um but uh yeah noise the shit out of me yeah the noise the shit out of me i watched <laughs> that film the um the boat that rocks yeah uh, i've seen it yeah 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 with the magic the magical bill nighy isn't it um He's never made a wrong step. And actually, I'm going to come out with it really early on. I'm going to stamp my colours to the mast and say probably the best couple of hours of television in a long, long time, it was actually 2011, was a a programme that he did called Page 8. Oh, yeah. Um, And he followed it up with one called Turks and Caicos, where he plays an MI5 or an MI6 something, MI something, sort of. uh, He just plays himself being a spy, kind of as much as Bill Nye can. There's no fighting or anything in it, and there's no sort of action stuff. He's really, really, really good. Yeah, page eight, I think it was from 2011, and Turks and Caicos. And it's all based on his character that's uh, Warwicker. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant TV. That came up on my uh, Netflix last night, Turks and Caicos, is that what you call yeah, it? Yeah, that's what's put it in my mind. It keeps yeah. coming up on mine, and I'm thinking, I saw that years ago. And uh, it was one of those things, we sat down on a Sunday night, and thought, oh, this shag all on television and started watching this thing about page eight. And it was like, oh, well, Bill Nye's in it. Can't be that bad. And it was just phenomenal. Off the charts TV. Loved it. I might give it a, a little, I might give it a little go. I do like Bill Nye and uh, The Boat That Rocks. I was thinking um, for the Suez Canal movie, uh, the, boat, <laughs> the Boat That Blocked. <laughs> thought that was good. I thought that was a good joke I made on Twitter one day that nobody liked. So I had to I didn't say see it. it. Are you sure you posted it? Because I'd yeah. normally sort of laugh at something. Yeah. Like <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I posted it. Maybe I just posted it in my head. Yeah. Um, the uh, Can I just mention the wonderful and sad, the sad news about the wonderful Shea Healy? Yeah, very, very sad. I was just listening to the radio about him and, you know, nobody has a bad, everybody, you know, he he's, he put his money around and he, he, you know, he put his money where his mouth was. What yeah. a nice man. Yeah, he was generous. He was, I don't think, I might have met him once, um, but I would have been starstruck if I'd met him. He, he wrote songs that won Eurovisions. He wrote musicals. He wrote plays. He wrote TV shows. He, uh, he, did all sorts of crazy stuff that you'll never hear about. Um, and my in my formative years, you might have been gone out of the country at this stage. There was a TV show called Nighthawks. I remember hearing about it. Um, and yeah, basically it was a, Nighthawks was a bar slash coffee shop. And Shay was the proprietor and the cameras came in the front door at the start of the show and just worked their way around the crowd and in the crowd would be famous people so he might keep he'd be like talking to like there was characters as well so like he had a hungarian chef who called him hey healy <laughs> hey healy and he said he used to call the coffee coffee shop night the hocker you're night the hocker <laughs> and he had these characters and the comedian kevin mcaleer used to do bits on it as well i don't know if you remember kevin mcaleer i think he was kevin monaghan uh, maybe Arma, but he was a comedian, a really dry, droll comedian. And he used to talk about, like, he'd be on Nighthawks and going, I remember the time we all did acid the first time. We, we were all sitting around and Granny said, uh, here, have a bit of acid, everyone. And basically, you know, he talks about like taking acid and uh, with his granny and you know his family, and there we were sitting around, all seventeen of us. <laughs> He's brilliant, Kevin McLear. Head, head. Yeah, there was uh, uh, frogs climbing up the wall at one stage, and Granny said, "Get those frogs down off the wall." Anyway, he, he was very funny. Um, he was very good. He, he 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 looked old though when he was young. Yeah, I think he was always he always had an old head and face on him. Mm. 
Um, but I absolutely love Nighthawks. And it was just in that sweet spot for me. I think I was like junior cert or intercert, maybe third class, third year, fourth year, second year in there. And it was just like, it was the best thing on television. And it actually, I was talking about today. I said, this is the greatest thing RT have ever made, uh, Nighthawks. Wow. And I said, it actually makes me mad because at that age, I watched Nighthawks and RT were like, this is what we could do. Yeah. And then they never did it again. No. And I'm like, you, you showed us, you showed me the, the trinkets. And then I agreed <laughs> to, 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 to be your slave. And now you've <laughs> like, they never did it. Like, it was like this. Yeah, we could do this if we wanted. This would be great. Wouldn't it, if we just did this all the time. And it was brilliant because like at one point there was um, Eamon Dunphy and Johnny Giles, the football pundits were in the crowd and they were the guests and they were drunk. Uh, because people would sit there drinking pints and uh, just and then he yeah. just did interview them. It was just a brilliant, uh, chaotic, funny TV show. And I don't know why why it stopped and why they never did it again. Mad. Well, people people do, you know, and, and sometimes some things shouldn't come back. Now, I've recently got back to having RTE, the channels and uh I don't know. It's a fucking. It, it, it's an odd blessing that has come into this house. Um, all through, so I, don't, I don't know when it was, but everybody was talking about this program called Bachelor's Walk. Yes. Yeah, I was hoping you weren't going to have a positive sort of memory oh, of that. Oh, I, I have a good hell. memory of it. I have a good memory of it, and I, and I did watch it recently, and it doesn't necessarily stand up. Uh, no. Uh, it it's, it doesn't stand the test of time, and and there's the there's a guy in it who was a priest in Ballykiss Angel, and he speaks with a very dark, low accent. That fella, he's very posh. Was he a priest in Ballykiss Angel? That's, yes. Um, what's his name? Uh, go on, you keep talking. I don't remember his name. And there was the other fella, and the only reason I know him is because he he on 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 CBBC or the, one of the kids programs, and Jimmy was Jimmy was growing up. There was a boy made out of newspaper. Yeah, paper. that's Simon Delaney. Simon Delaney, yeah, who who is not a great actor. He is, but he's not um, in this Bachelor's Walk thing. And there's another guy <laughs> who lives in their flat, who's yeah. just a bit of a stoner. Barry, Barry. <laughs> he's got beads around his neck. <laughs> he's exactly like me, but he's. Oh. Uh, I was going to say, but he's a bit. Thick. <laughs> Yeah, but he's always got these plans. He was, I was thinking, fucking, he was like, yeah, we're gonna go around and talk to like uh, shops keepers and, and tell them about stuff. We're gonna sell stuff, and he was basically, <laughs> sort of, uh, he was coming up with the internet, which it already existed, <laughs> and he, and it was just, I uh, just, the, 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 you know, he's kind of wearing a suit, somebody else's suit. And he's got these beads around his fucking neck. And I just thought, oh, Keith, what? Because you used to have kind of longish hair as well, like wavy. <laughs> it was, that was me. He was me. Oh. I was Barry, like scheming, coming up with all these schemes. <laughs> it's a great thing, right? We're going to get computers to talk to each other. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's you, that is. Oh, Jesus. It was brilliant. Oh, it was, but it was so bad, it was good. Um, um, I thought, yeah, I like Simon Delaney. Uh, what a, was, was he in something? I was gonna say, was he in something good? I think he might have been once. He was, he was, he played a taxi driver in something else as well. I think he was in some of those, um, uh, the van type films. I think he might have had character bits in oh, them, or maybe. commitments maybe. or something. I don't know, I don't know if he was. I, I was I, watching something last night and it said the cores were in the commitments. Um, yeah, definitely. Andrea Core was, yeah. she was, I think she auditioned for the band. She was like, that was her character. Um, I know the husband of the blonde one from the commitments, whose name, of course, I'm not going to know. I know him. Caroline Please. or, uh, <laughs> you know, the good looking blonde one who was the backing singer. Hang on. Before I look this up, the other actor you're talking about was, his name is Don Witcherly. Oh, right. Um, keep t oh, yeah. telling me about the guy you know from the chorus or from the uh, husband of the, <laughs> the husband of Jim from the chorus. Yeah, they wear colanders covered in tinfoil on their hats. No, no, I know the, 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 the husband of the blonde one from the commitments. 
Karen or Caroline. Oh, God, I, think I don't know. She What's plays that? either drums or. No, 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 not not no, not the the, the commitments, not the cores. Oh, sorry, I'm still thinking of the cores. Um, Angelina Ball. That's her, Angelina Ball. <laughs> Why was I talking about Jim from the court? Oh, I don't know. We need to start again. You're obsessed. I know. I started talking about the cores in fairness, but um, yeah, I met the cores um, a long time ago and, and recently, actually, um, when she got married. One of them got married, but uh, that was funny. Um, um, who, so you know Angelina Ball's husband? I do. Patrice. How do you know him? I was going, I'd organised a stag for a buddy of mine. And uh, this guy... Um, he was coming in from somewhere he's French and he's a very good buddy of my, my buddy who was getting married. Yeah. And uh, everybody was to meet in Ireland for a weekend. And uh, he came in on one flight and I picked him up and I said, we'll wait here and we'll pick the other lads up in half an hour. I'd never met him before. Yeah. And uh, got a phone call. The other lads flight was uh, delayed, delayed like for 12, 14 hours. So I, myself and Patrice, went round Limerick all day one Friday, just the two of us. Um, got him checked into his hotel, and then we went for a couple of pints. We went to the Corrigawa, and then we went to Tom Collins, then we went everywhere. And he's a, he's a, a set designer and photographer, and uh, he's sort of taken photographs all day. And by 6 o'clock in the evening, we are both absolutely shit-faced looking for a nightclub. <laughs> and he's the funniest Frenchman. He looks like... Um, Oh God, the French footballer, the the mad one. Um, <laughs> the, Why do that, we do that? This? Doesn't narrow it down. Oh, it does. You know, the fellow, the, the seagulls are in the road. Oh, sorry, Eric Cantona. He looks, and he's from Marseille, so he's got exactly the same accent. So he, you walk into a bar with this guy, and women were like, "Hello, oh, hello, my ladies, how are you? <laughs> you have seen the commitments, yeah? My wife is one of them girls." <laughs> He was unreal. Brilliant. Yeah. But the standing joke of the week, of course, was he, or the weekend was on the Saturday night or the Saturday he turned up in a Pierre Cardin um, shirt. Yeah. With Pierre Cardin written on it on the, on the, the sort of the, the pocket on the front of the shirt. And uh, everybody was saying, look, you, look we're, we're all, are we all supposed to be wearing name badges? Wearing one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You weren't oh. wearing your Mike Marin shirt, were you? Not? No, I wasn't. No, it was very funny though. But he was, yeah, he was a lovely fella. I never met Angelina. She didn't turn up for the wedding. Oh. She was sick. So yeah. Hmm, there you go. Now. That's that's your claim to fame. That's my claim to that's fame. That's your big today. one. Yeah. What's your thing. what's uh, I have to tell you, um, I fell off the chocolate wagon last night. Oh. Yeah. You know, it's bound to happen. Week one, you've got to you have to do it. Yeah, I've got to fall off the wagon. You're saying yeah. it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I had four squares on day two. I literally couldn't take it. I thought my teeth were going to fall out and my eyes began to hurt. So, so bad was the craving. I had four slices of very plain milk chocolate. I am. Um, and then I texted you during the week asking you about the mood swings or the, the bad moods. Is that, <laughs> is that a thing? Jesus, I was in terrible form one of the days. Two days in, I think. Yeah, it's worse than hooch. Way worse than, you know, I... I can come off sort of not drink or whatever, and it doesn't affect me. I can just not, you know, can kind of take it or leave it. But chocolate really, really fucks with you. You know, for me anyway. Um, yeah, I became cranky. I became, I couldn't, like, inconsolable, sort of, you know, the negativity that was coming out of me. Oh, was God. Peaks and troughs. Yeah, it was awful. I couldn't eat enough. And I wasn't drinking, or, and I was on less than 2,000 calories a day, and I gave up chocolate. So there was nothing. My, I thought one night at about nine o'clock in the evening, I'm sitting down watching television. Is this it? You know, is this fuck it? It's not worth it. This is just <laughs> shit. My life has become a fucking boring piece of shit. And I'm just sitting down watching fucking television. And this is the way it's going to be for the rest of my life without chocolate. I was bereft. Literally. Like, you know, the, the, there was a death in the family. Awful. God. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't think it's, it was that bad, but I kind of kept myself busy, you know. Um, so, but at least now you have the writing to keep you busy, Mike. Oh, fucking hell. My hand hurt yesterday. 
I'm doing this writing course. And one of the things she suggests is you write a page a day of something that you remember. So you start off with the words, I remember, and then try and sort of reflect on it at the end of it, which is more difficult than it sounds. And do you, um, do you write the reflection then? So, you, so you'll write about something and then you go, I must have been something at that time or something. Is that? Yeah, 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 which I find a bit naff. But the, my problem is I can't stop writing. It's but, like diarrhea. It just fucking comes out of me and I can't finish it. And she's saying like, you know, do a page do a half hour or whatever and i'm like scribbling 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 scribbling. and all of a sudden i'm three pages in it's 45 minutes and you know i've not got to my i'm not reflecting i'm just writing about the facts so yeah i need to discipline myself a little bit um but that's yeah you see maybe you just need to write the book you know maybe the short form doesn't suit you at the moment you know what i mean oh it definitely doesn't short form does not so i you know i i i have verbal diarrhea anyway but it seems that when i write I just want to keep adding more and adding okay. more and adding more. Because, like, you're you're a good storyteller. So, if you imagine if you imagine telling a story but writing it, and rather than trying to, <laughs> yeah, but it's very difficult though. Yeah. You know, because there's inflections in your voice, isn't there? And sort of, you know, you can full stop and you can, you know, you can do a dramatic pause and whatever. When you're writing, you it's really difficult to get to that sort of stuff. Now, I sound really poncy, and I. This is why I hate doing writing. This is why I hate you, actually, for putting me in touch with that woman <laughs> and getting me to write in the first place. Is because it's when you talk about it, it sounds really poncy, you know? Yeah, but I think anyone listening to this podcast might be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> those are a couple of ponces. <laughs> what are you listening to? I don't know, a couple of ponces. <laughs> but it does, it seems really kind of like, you know, she got us to write something the other day in the class, you know, and um, it's the first night and you're on, you can't suss anybody out because you're on Zoom. And, yeah. you know, there's a couple of people, you've all kind of introduced yourself. Um, and then she says, would anybody like to, you know, write out what they've written? And, or, or tell Read me out. how they, yeah, how they've done it. I was just like, oh my God. I, and I said to her, I prefaced it by saying, you know, I feel really pretentious. <laughs> Jesus. what I'm about to say and she's gonna go you know well if there's any place you can be like this you know it, it is this <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fucking writing course if there's any way you've got you want to talk about writing I feel pretentious <laughs> <laughs> but I did I felt like a you know fake and pretentious and all sorts of stuff you know I thought I felt like some sort of poet walking into a room and going, la, 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 you know well Last year at the end of the writing course, there was a, like a, a writer, you know, a sort of a, a, a meeting. Everybody met up, a, oh. gather, a gathering, and then people just read out stories they'd written, like into a mic at the top of the room, I think. Something oh, wow. like that. Yeah, it was like a little sort of makeshift, it was like a makeshift jazz club or something. Like, it was cool. People just got up and read, sh- you know, short stories, slightly longer stories, bits and pieces, whatever, half a story. And uh, yeah, that was. Um, that was. I got up and read the stories. Quite nerve wracking. But you you weren't on Zoom, obviously. No, this was just, this was before lockdown, so this was like yeah, yeah. you know, It'd be kind over. of difficult because we got people in fucking in um, Canada on this one, so they're not. Ah, there. okay. Yeah, <laughs> just pop over next Friday night. We would be, be about an hour and a half, and then you can head back to Canada. Totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, scare yourself shitless. Have people laugh at your work, go, you pretentious fuck, and then go back to Canada. Go back to Canada. Boot boot the tune there. Don't tip anyone while you're here, by the way. Yeah, and don't tip. Yeah. Maybe they just don't maybe they just don't believe in it. And uh how how has the week been apart from your writing? Um uh, ups and downs this week, actually. I've been um just before I came on air with you to record this, I had to go up the road last week. Somebody decided during a lockdown to um, come back to their holiday home, I would have thought maybe in Clare. Um, and they decided on their way home, it being a bank holiday weekend, that they'd take their rubbish and fuck it into the ditch at the top of our road. Oh, no way. So 
we spent the week onto the council saying, can you come out and get it, gave them the exact coordinates and blah, blah, blah. And of course they didn't. And of course the foxes and the badgers have all had a little look at it and the dogs have had a look at it. Everybody's had a look at it. So it's, it's becoming now visible from space how two bags of rubbish can, you know, and they, they just turfed it out and there's shit everywhere. So this morning I just got up and I thought, you know what, I'm going up there with a litter picker pair of gloves and a couple of bin bags so I, I spent an hour doing that and i was fit to be fucking tied at the beginning of it yeah you know really fucking angry but then when i look back and i thought you know what this is a nice clean space now yeah i'm not doing it for anybody just doing it for myself yeah. and it's really nice and i like litter picking in fact one of my my, my jobs uh, in environmental protection when i was an environmental protection officer and consequently a uh um, a countryside ranger I used to have to go to places where people had fly tipped and uh, one of the most satisfying things is looking through what people had tipped because normally they leave a clue oh yeah so you were like an invest you were like a, a bin investigator like a, a PI a BI a bin investigator yeah oh yeah we used to take people to court all the time issue fines all sorts of stuff I can't understand why nobody does that here I mean there's there's been two dog fouling fines in Dublin in 2020. Yeah. There's no like dog fouling wardens. I don't know even no, how, how no, those they, they could pay for themselves. Really easily. Really, really easily. Just doling out fucking 50 quid fines. But does that happen? Like, do does it happen elsewhere? Like, do people, is it a thing? Yeah, I would do it. I would do it all the time. In, in the UK, I worked for a local authority who were really like, you know, Get out there and fucking stop people, you know. You would you would try and educate first of all and give them a handload of bin bags and then they go fuck off and you know, no, 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 no. Wow. <laughs> Mike, I didn't know this side of you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was actually in a, yeah. <laughs> I started off as an enforcement Mike. officer. <laughs> Mike the BI. BI <laughs> BI Mike. BI Marin. <laughs> this is BI Marin. You got it. <laughs> We got a load of dog shit over here. I'm gonna need backup. I need backup. I need about four scoops, scoopers, pooper scoopers. I need super pooper scooper one to pooper scooper two. Come in over. Fuck's trap. That's it. It might be a good TV show, you know. Well, uh, I mean, it was uh, it was interesting work actually because um, on on one side I worked. I did about three years of environmental protection, which was people sort of, you know, no noisy neighbours, nosy neighbours, smelly neighbours, all that sort of stuff, uh, which is where I came across most of my drainage stuff. Um, and then I went into countryside ranging and uh, you'd turn up at a car park or whatever and you'd find a load of litter there and you'd just go, fucking hell. And we used to look after, famously, we used to look after um, common land. So we would have a statutory sort of right to look after what happens on common land. Okay. And uh, I don't know if you know about common land, but common land isn't common. Common land is actually owned by somebody, but the there's a derogation order on it so that it becomes for the use of fairly, for, for normal people. So, okay. you know, lots of parks are commons and whatever, but they're actually owned. But the local authorities would, would, would look after the policing of them. You know, so if there's litter or somebody building a road or somebody doing something they shouldn't do we would get involved and okay. i used to look after lots of commons and uh, there was one common in particular that the um the travelers used to come to and uh, don't worry i'm not going to get all <laughs> controversial okay. um so lots of irish travelers would come and they, they would do the sort of traveling here there and everywhere and they would set up camps and um i'd get a phone call um there's travelers on the thing We'd walk out and we'd have a 72-hour um, notice to, to charge them with. So you'd knock on the door. And what I, what I used to do was, lads, listen, here's the notice. You've got 72 hours, but I know you'll be gone in 48, lads. I know you will, because I've taken all your registrations. Um, they're feeding horses and they'd stop and they'd sort of tie up horses to feed them and all this sort of stuff. And I said, I'm going to leave you a roll of bin bags. And what you're not going to do is you're not going to light any fires and you're not going to leave a load of shit behind you and you're going to put them in these bags, okay? Yeah. No problem. Every person I ever, ever dealt with from the traveling community, Romy gypsies, whatever, um, would tie up their bags, leave them in a little triangle sort of, of stuff. I'd come along two days later, turf them into the back of my van. Job done. 
easy to deal with. And they'd move on because they'd know you've got a notice against them and whatever, and you can start charging them with various things <clears throat> if they don't move on. And uh, I got this uh, call one afternoon. Um, uh, I, I, I'm very frustrated. I live here on a common and uh, the traveling community have turned up and, and, and they, they look like they've done a house clearance for somebody and they put it all in a little copse, a little wood in the middle of the thing, and they've dumped all manner of things. And you can come and see me at the vicarage. I bought the vicarage a number of years ago, and these were very she-she houses, you know. And this is a grade one listed Georgian building, and I'm looking at somebody else's rubbish. So, okay, yeah, no problem. We'll, we'll take a spin out. I got there, and where the travellers had been was a pile of bin bags left, I thought, okay, interesting. Then I'd noticed all these tracks coming from all the houses that sort of were alongside the common. And uh, I'm thinking, fuck it out, what's going on here? Is it, was it because they tied the horses up or they were just going up and down or whatever? But there were these tracks and it looked like sort of motorbike tracks and stuff. And I'm thinking, Jesus, all a bit odd. Um, so I went and knocked at this guy's door and said, can you show me where the rubbish is? Yes, yes, yes. Of course, of course. Darling, I'll be back in a moment. Get meant to show him where the rubbish is. So he comes into the middle of this copse and there's this kind of, there's a hole in the middle of it where it would fill up as a little pond. And there's TVs, DVD players, DVDs, fridges, freezers, every fucking thing you can imagine. Mattresses, the whole lot. I'm thinking, fucking hell. And a load of bin bags. So I said, uh, right, okay. I said, while you're here, actually, did you see anybody do anything? Oh, no, no, no. They must have done it in the middle of the night. The bastards. And I'm going, oh, fuck it. I'm okay, right, okay. I said, okay. So I had a pair of gloves on. So I ripped open a bag and started looking at it. Jesus Christ, this is a bill. I said, uh, it's to the, to the vicarage. Um, do you know anything about this? Uh, 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 no, no, no. Uh, can we just forget this ever happened? Oh, wow. So he just, all the neighbours have got together and done fucking house clearances to blame it on the gypsies so that the council had just picked their shit up. Oh, wow. And I went, have you, have you, have you got a transfer, a waste transfer note for this? Did they come and clear your house? Uh, 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 no, I said, because I know where they are. I know, I've seen them already this morning. They've gone to a common sort of 20 miles away. I said, I can go and have a chat with them if you want. And I'll get them to bring it back and you can get it sort of dealt with in the skip. But have you got a waste transfer from the environment agency for this rubbish? <laughs> it was like, I'll tell you what you do. You've got 12 hours. And I'll be back here tomorrow morning. And you tell yourself and your neighbours to clean your own shit up because I'm not doing it. Came back the next morning. Perfect. Everything was perfect. And what they were doing, they were using wheelbarrows to come across and just dump shit. Like, like they cleaned out their fucking garages, wow. lofts, bedrooms, everything. And left all their fucking paperwork in it, idiots. And they were just going to play it because obviously that was they did that on purpose. Like it wasn't a coincidence. It was oh, like no, oh, they here's were, an opportunity. Yeah. No, yeah, they saw it as the opportunity to blame the travellers. Jesus, that's Fuckers. rough, isn't it? Mike, you're you're so impressive. It's like <laughs> Mike Marin, bin detective. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not impressive. I tell you. And I was looking for stuff up in this rubbish this morning as well. I was pulling out notes that they'd left each other. These people. Health freaks. They had uh, Actamel. Um, they had uh, organic meat. They had organic fish. They had all sorts of healthy treats and things like that. Are you blaming the hipsters? Is that what you're trying to do? Whoever it was, they leave each other little notes. Right. Um, and I hope I, um, I should have taken a picture of a couple of the notes. It was like, um, "Don't forget to bring your milk to work, darling." Cross, cross, little kiss, kiss. Ah, oh, they yeah. seem like nice people. And it was one of the notes, don't forget to, to fuck all our rubbish into a ditch in Marin's house. <laughs> don't forget when you're going past that nice man, Mike Marin's house, to dump all the shit into the ditch there, because he'll clean it up, it'll be grand. Well, a couple of cars passed down that I didn't recognise, and I was fucking scowling at them, because our road is not on the road to anywhere. Yeah. So it's I, definitely, thinking, I hope this is you, and I hope you feel guilty. So it's definitely someone who... Is down that area. It's not like someone. It's not like an interloper coming in just to dump the rubbish. It it might be. It could be a. a it could. I'd say it was a, a weekender to be honest. Um, and you know they just thought and they clean their fire out of you know with with turf ash. 
and just put that in plastic bags. It's like putting dog shit in plastic bags. If you're going to just kick the dog shit into the fucking yeah, just put, yeah. don't put it in a bag and then leave it hanging off a fucking slippery yeah, bush. Fucking, it really boils my piss. Because when you go at those with a litter picker, um, everything is bouncy on you know if you're picking stuff off a blackthorn or something. Yeah, and dunk, and you know nine out of ten times the shit's gonna go fucking spraying everywhere, and you can't get the bag off. That fucking boils my piss. I think the message is don't put your dog shit into a bag, or if you do, bring don't it home with you. Don't leave it hanging in the blackberry bush. Yeah, is mad. I mean, what the fuck? What drives people to do that? You know, really, really boils my piss. And we, we've got somebody up our road who we think is, um, I think they've told their partner, because they're making all this shit up in my head as well. Myself and Sally Ann walk the road every day with their bags and gloves and stuff so that we pick litter as we go, you know? Brilliant. And um, so somebody in our neighbourhood, um, they've got some sort of an odd work pattern, but they're, they're buying McDonald's and sort of um, other takeaway stuff. Mention them, we better mention them all now, just in case, yeah. for legal reasons. KFC, uh, Abracababra, yeah. Burger King, uh, Big Mac, Mac. Supermax. Supermax. Yeah, better mention Supermax. Yeah, go on. Subway, all those sort of things. All of those I've picked up. Um, but when they get to a sort of, they come off the main road and then they come off another main road, which is a lesser road, obviously, and then they're on our road. And it seems to be that when they get to this point, they start ejecting shit out the windows. So you see the cup, first of all, and then you see the wipe. And a wipe, nothing nothing makes me... Nothing boils your piss. No. More. You just think, what is that being used for? You know? It's, it could be just their mouth, but it could be... Oh, fuck, it's fucking disgusting that people would fuck them out. And now, of course... <clears throat> The mask comes off, yeah, and then the the blue gloves come out, and then the the McDonald or the the burger bun wrapping or the silver foil that they bought a sandwich in comes out, and it's sort of about a hundred yards of stuff, and I'm absolutely certain that they're eating um, secretly. So oh yes, I know what you mean. So they're not supposed to be eating this no, food. No, getting rid of the evidence before they go home. And may they die of a fucking massive heart attack. <laughs> Bastards. Every fucking, you know, and they're just doing it five days a week. Yeah. You know, it's fucking terrible. I don't really mean anybody any harm, but I mean, it's just, it boils my piss that they would think it's acceptable. Because they drive up the next morning and think, oh, fucking hell, look, that stuff's gone. <laughs> yeah. And you're picking fucking, it up every day. Yeah, we're like the fucking Wombles. <laughs> <laughs> You're good though. It's good. You're good folk. Good people. Good. Um, good for looking after the environment. And and yesterday, talking yeah. about boiling my piss even more, I, I went to four supermarkets in in search of tomatoes. Why? What, what is there a tomato shortage? Yeah, there must be nothing. There is no. That little had no tomatoes. Aldi had no tomatoes. Tesco had no tomatoes. And Dunn's stores, Dunn's stores had two big packets of tomatoes. And they were, I'd say the fur on them was about three weeks old. They were just fucking manky down the bottom of a fucking thing. And I just thought, oh, fucking hell, I'm not going to buy them. And then they went to the next shop. Nothing, nothing, nothing. No, no. And then we go to <clears throat> the shop in Milltown Malby, which never has anything. This morning had six types of tomatoes. I don't know. Ennis was bereft of tomatoes yesterday. I wonder if there Jesus, a tomato I wonder why. Is there, yeah, maybe, maybe Brexit. We'll have to blame Brexit, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or Prince Philip. Um, I got called. Uh, <laughs> I got Jesus. We, got, we we can't really talk about Prince Philip, can we? No, we, we talked about Shay Healy. Yeah. Um, I uh, sorry. One one further pro- on on Prince Philip. I thought yeah. um, uh, David McWilliam is it the the who's the uh, the the red haired yes. economist dude? Yeah, yes. David McWilliams. David McWilliams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought his tweet about two minutes after they'd announced the death of fin- Prince Philip yesterday was it was just fantastic. He was very good in the crown, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, don't you hate it when your favourite characters get killed off? Because sometimes, sometimes I look at the royal family in England and I just think that is 
that's Game of Thrones. Or, mm. you know, it's not far off, you know? No. <clears throat> All those royal families are fucked. Anyway, well, sorry, I, I, in, I interrupted you. What you were going to say? What was I going to say? I don't know. I feel like um, I feel I feel like I can't remember what I was going to say. I thought we were going to talk about Prince Philip. No, you said we weren't going to talk about Prince Philip. Oh, we could talk about Prince Philip. I would. No, I'm no, happy no. to talk about Prince Philip. No, I don't fancy talking about uh, Prince Philip. It's interesting. The um, uh, I mean, it's it, it's crazy that everything just shut down. Is that? I mean, do you find that crazy, or is it just me, like the BBC and? Well, you heard about it about <clears throat> I'm going to say 15 years ago. There was an Australian fellow working in Sky News, and uh, before the Queen Mother died, um, because they have all these little, as you call them in the industry, packages ready yeah. to go. Yeah. So um, Sky every month would have somebody in a black tie, white shirt, whatever, just to do ten minutes of a fill on an obituary on various members of the royal family, just in case one of them, you know, fucking carks it. Mm. And uh, there's this guy, Australian fellow working in Sky. I think he's just an office runner or something. And uh, he sees this, passes a studio, and there's a fellow in there going, and there's the picture of the Queen Mother behind, dead, and everything's black. And he's fucking hell. So he rings somebody up in Australia, and all of a sudden, it's all over the news that she's dead. Of course, she's not. They're just putting in a, a dry run of ah. practice. So, yeah, about 15 years ago, they everybody thought she was dead. And... Um, yeah, the protocols, the royal family death protocols come in. It was like the time Diana died. I think I mentioned that before. It was in a car for four hours and there was nothing, no music had any lyrics. Yeah, no yeah. programs could, you know, nobody, everybody defaulted back to BBC One yesterday and ITV. Apart from Channel 4, who were paying Homes Under the Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, That's what he would have wanted. I, embarrassing I, bodies. <laughs> oh fuck! It was. Um, I saw. Uh, I was watching a clip from the BBC, and it, it came up as a news, as a as breaking news, like a news flash that he had died. Mm. And uh, then they they went straight to a package that they had prepared, like a little thing about you know his life and you know mm. uh, in the event of you know press this button in the event of his death, and uh, they had it ready to go, and then. So they showed this uh, clip. It was about two, three minutes, four minutes long. By the time it was finished, they went back to your one, the newsreader, and she changed her clothes. Yeah. She had put on like a, a ja- black jacket and, yep. she, and whatever, changed her top. And she was like, she, she was at a funeral. She was ready to go. Yeah, it's remarkable. Everybody was in black and white. But they did, must just have a storeroom of white shirts and black ties. Yeah, black they jackets. must just have here is the... the the jacket yeah. you wear if you're on the news that day and you're, yeah. you're you're telling the news that he's dead. Wow. I wonder, did like how long would he have been dead before they said, okay, what time will we release the news at? Just well, they're probably, probably thinking, let's get it out in time for the six the six o'clock news, guys. Yeah, there was a bit of that because I was listening to the hard shoulder yesterday on News Talk, and they had my favourite DJ, apart from yourself, obviously, uh, hmm. James O'Brien on. Um, who's ah. on, on uh, LBC, um, James O'Brien from 10 to 1 every day, very worth a listen. But anyway, that's another story. Um, and he was on to talk about the issues in Northern Ireland at the moment. So they got him talking and they said, listen, while, while you're here, can you talk about Prince Philip and whatever? Yeah. And uh, he was very funny about it because he's not a royalist in the least. Um, and he had to read it out on his show because it happened about half 11, 12 o'clock yesterday. They released it, I think. But he'd known before he went on air at 10 o'clock that he was dead. Um, but they just weren't allowed to mention it. They were just getting their shit together. Okay. So he had to wait and then announce it in the news at 11 o'clock or whatever. Yeah, well, I think he, they, everybody announced it at the same time. And did he, did he have much to say about him or...? He had a he had a pretty again you can't you can't go off yeah script. you have to be like uh, um, diplomatic yeah like Alan Partridge they should have given it to Alan Partridge to do that would have been good the announcement <laughs> <laughs> crazy yeah. though isn't it it's crazy just the pomp and ceremony isn't it like uh, yeah, surrounding everything, and he he was he was a you know he was a he was a Marmite character. People loved him or hated him, but apparently he was um, 
James O'Brien did tell one story about him that he thought was very funny. Um, and because he's got no axe to grind and whatever. And, you know, there was all the issues about him losing his name, Mountbatten. And, you know, he felt like he was losing his identity as a man and all this sort of stuff. Mm. Tufsky, shitsky, like you're living in fucking houses, <laughs> palaces and stuff. Get a fucking grip, you know, go off and shag someone. We were telling him he wasn't allowed to fly his airplanes because of yeah, all insurance. This yeah. Bollocks. And, uh, oh, how awful for you, you know. And um, apparently at the coronation, um, when he had to get down and swear his allegiance to her, the queen, and he would always call her the queen, you know, the queen. And um, he'd have to do this, that, and the other. But he was always trying to make her laugh, apparently, like like make her giggle at inopportune moments. And after she'd been crowned, there's a bit where he goes up and sits down next to her. And he looked, he looked at her, and she's sort of sitting there all regally, and he goes... Where did you get the hat, darling? Yeah. <laughs> what a crazy, crazy guy. Crazy guy, right? Yeah, crazy I, guy. I think I'm glad I'm not um, living over there right now for the oh, next no, few days. Disaster. Yeah. I was really looking forward to watching... Um, oh, yeah, uh, that's the bake-off, is it? Yeah. That's been cancelled. The old grey whistle test. And, yeah, because I saw that on BBC Three last night, was it? Or BBC Four, maybe? BBC Four, yeah, but BBC Four was cancelled, yeah, so you couldn't watch it. And they're, they're, they're doing sort of old uh, Whispering Bob Harris there, another record, and, uh, you know, we've all had a little bit of acid, so uh, we <laughs> know what's going to happen tonight, guys. Yeah. And um, and then Line of Duty as well, people are going mad about. Oh, fuck, is that off, is it? Yeah, apparently. Ah, yeah. here, mm. ah, here, lads. Now you see, see Philip. Jesus Christ, there's no need for that. No. Fuck's sake. Do you know what? I've, oh, we're back to RTE now. And funnily enough, we're doing, a, we're doing a 360 as we normally do. I don't know how we do it. We do it. Um, we're back to Ballykiss Angel and Dervla Kerwin. Yeah. And Smothered. Oh, smothered. yes. Yes. You're watching that? Watching I haven't. I've watched one episode, but I kind of missed the first episode and then I couldn't really get into it. So I just... I just I've left it, but I might go back and try and watch it all, and you know, watch the first one and, and start at the start, Michael. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't bother um, starting at the start. Okay, I think you can watch it from the third one on. Okay, there's about a hundred and twenty characters in the first episode, well, and a fucking Scooby Doo. What was that? Man? There's a lot of out of work actors at the moment. <laughs> And they've got some Danish guy in. I don't know what the fuck was going on. And there's a mad one, and there's a and then all of a sudden, the mad one is the sane one, and the same one. It's very good. I can see where they're going. Like everybody looks like they committed the crime. Um, yeah, and it's getting interesting now. But if they could just have asked Dervla Kerwin to fucking speak up, why? She talks like. That's the way to do it in the movies now, Mike. Yeah, no, but it hurts. And you rewind it. What did she say? She's not even looking at the camera. It's it's, she's whispering. Maybe that's, that's my a, age. That's the start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you need to sit near the telly or turn it up. And or I know they're going subtitles. For the, whole, the whole Scandi Noir thing, and it's kind of black and white, and a bit of the colour is washed out of it, and all this kind of stuff. Mm, and yeah. They're trying to put it... but. She is inaudible. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a bit odd. Okay, you need the subtitles on, Mike. I probably do, actually. Yeah. 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 That, that, that. My wife doesn't like. Uh, won't watch a movie with subtitles. Oh no. No. Oh no, because the bridge is the the best ten hours of television ever. Yeah, I think I might watch it on my own, Mike. It, it, she just doesn't. She's just like. Well, I think it's maybe because it's if it's Friday night or Saturday night, it's the end of the. The working week, she might be a bit like, "Oh, do you know, I just can't concentrate hard enough to read." No, 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 no. You need to sit her down and get her to watch the Danish version of the Bridge. Okay, it is the it, it without without doubt it is the best ten hours of television ever, ever, okay. ever, ever. Okay, ever. Okay. Well, if I if you, if I say that you said it, she'd probably go. Okay. Well, if Mike said it, I'll watch it. Well, listen, I'm an attractive man. You know, I've got lots of powers. Yeah. <laughs> She knows if Mike is saying it. Hey, Mike, are you talking about Mike Bin Detective? Mike Marin Bin Detective? Yeah, that Mike. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. I know him. 
I'm going to get a Ferrari. It's going to become Magnum. No, I, Magnum B.I. Marin B.I. <laughs> They'll make, but it'll be like a Scandi uh, oh. series. You going around finding rubbish dumpers and it's all sort of washed out, sepia-toned, moody, windy commons. Yeah. I think that would be really good. Yeah, and when I turn up at the door, I go... <laughs> <laughs> Mike, we leave it at that. Okay. Thanks very much. Let me turn my camera back on. Hey, listen, I didn't... I, I, uh, I thought we were only on for about five minutes there. That flew by, didn't it? Did, yeah. Sorry, you didn't talk yet. Yeah, that's fine. I didn't you have... haven't stopped recording. That's good. I didn't have much to say. You must have had. You've been carding with Keith all week, and you've been recording podcasts and doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah, but I'm kind of having a day where I'm just like, I got up late today, and I'm just, you know, it's like, it's like I'm flat today, so. Oh, no. Uh, it's the chocolate. Yeah, chocolate last night, flat today. But uh, no, it's all yeah. good. I don't mean like flat, like bad. I just mean like, you know, day off. Take a day off. I don't need to talk. It's fine. Just need to listen. Yeah, sorry, I I wasn't interested in your mental health. Oh, I thought you were asking me. I was listening to uh, Tommy Tiernan uh, uh, talking on the Tommy and Hector and Lorita podcast, and he was talking about talk opening up to a friend or a guy he considered a friend, and he was opening up to me, going, "You know, tell him, look, things are at this, and I'm not feeling." It. And your man said to him, "And have you no friends you could talk to about this?" <laughs> he was like, "That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm fucking doing." Brilliant. Yeah, I do like Tommy and Tommy Tommy Tiernan show on RT. It's very yes, good. and again, it, it never fails to amaze me that people I don't think I'm going to like. I've had a pathological hatred of Nevin Maguire, but now I want to go to his restaurant when he opens up. Mm. Yeah, he's a lovely guy. Nevin. Yeah, I mean, you met him. Yeah, I've met him a few times. He'd always give if he has a new book out, he'd always give it to me. Um, although, having said that, probably not now that I'm not on campus yeah, and RT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a chance to bump into him but yeah no he's a lovely fella and into his tunes and yeah um, banging tunes man yeah but I've always seen him on his, his cook programs and he's always a bit like hey so we'll do this and we'll do that but when he was talking about the food he was like sure we're, we're, we're really generous we'll give you nine courses we might even put in a little ga- a glass of wine there and, and, and do that and I just thought fucking yeah I'm definitely going up there yeah, no, it's lovely. Apparently, I, like, and, and not to be, uh, not I'm not name dropping, but like he would, he when I meet him, he'd say, oh, "You should come and book your table because there's a there's a waiting list of six months or something." Yeah, yeah, yeah we can get through that. Don't sweat that. We'll do a live podcast. Yeah, that's a great idea. You, Course if you'd let number us. nine. Would <laughs> <laughs> Course number nine is. <laughs> four plates of chocolate each and then you have to record the podcast the next morning oh yeah so My, yeah i mean i enjoyed yeah. that and i enjoyed i enjoyed watching the blind woman that was on as well uh she was very good wasn't she um, brilliant yeah Matt, like interesting story and like i was intrigued that she was saying because she was saying she was single wasn't she and she hasn't found yeah. a man and i was thinking she I was thought now she'd find herself a, a good man absolutely but you wouldn't be able to keep up with her I did no, seven, it's like I did seven marathons there on seven continents in seven days because you know it was okay, and I had to have people, and people can't keep up with me because I'm a I'm a superior, I'm the second fastest uh, whatever runner in the world. It's like fucking hell, she's bizarre. And she said, uh, she said, because um, I think Tommy offered to run with her as her guide mm. runner, and she said, I'm a bit, I can be a bit grumpy, <laughs> can be a bit strict, <laughs> and I just, I was just picturing Tommy running along. <laughs> Come on, Tommy. Come on. Be in a car or something. I would not. Like, fair play to him if he does it, but I would not do yeah. that. I'd feel like I, I'd never feel like I'd be fast enough. I'd never no. feel like, like, no, even no. if I was super fit, I'd be like, the anxiety would be too much, I think. Yeah, exactly. Anxiety. And anxiety is mm. not a bad thing. And I had some anxiety this week, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Did Quite you... a lot of anxiety this week. Uh, just in general or? No, a guy rang me up and said, listen, um, all the full-time people at where I work are going back to work. So it's probably not too long. <gasps> and it was like, no, 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 no. Don't take this away from me. Don't no. take my freedom away. And I just felt, fucking hell. And then I thought to myself, I'll just get another job somewhere else because I can't face going back in there. 
and it's not that I don't like it. I like it. I really, I really do, do actually really, really, really love the place. And I love the people I work with. But it was just like, oh, God, I'm going to have to go back in and sort of talk to people mm. that I know. Uh, you know, is it easier just to go and start something completely different? Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of that, Mike. Yeah. I know you had a call. You were talking about it on one of your podcasts. That somebody gave you a call and, and sort of asked you to maybe do something at some point. You were like, oh, oh fuck getting back on the train, you know, literally and metaphorically. And yeah, yeah. It really kind of hit me. It, it really knocked me off my stride. And, yeah. and even though it would be something that I'd really like, and if it happens, great, brilliant, you know, but it was like, oh, shit, there's a, <laughs> there's a whole know. world out there that I, I'd kind of forgotten about. Of Yeah, I'm, 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 and all of a sudden I'm thinking, okay, now we need to book a holiday. Because that's what we do. That's what we used to do all the time. Because everybody used to look up, look forward to holidays. And I'm now looking, thinking, fuck, I don't want to leave the house. Yeah. I'm quite happy mowing the lawn. And I even sorted out my wood pile the other day. Fucking hell. That's a sign of a really bad marriage when you're out there restacking wood. You know what I mean? That's that's the fucking highlight of my day. <laughs> yeah, but you're just looking for brownie points, aren't you? No. Mrs. Marin couldn't give a shit what the wood pile looks like. <laughs> That's not a that's not a euphemism. No. <laughs> oh, listen. Um, well, I hope your anxiety eases and um, mind yourself, Jesus. Yeah. Have you not? Have you no friends you can talk to about this anxiety? <laughs> it would appear not. <laughs> yeah, I've got nobody who gives a shit about me, but I'm fine with that. To be honest, I'll be fine just logging away. I think the worst one will be like just the first day back and then. Yeah, but it's, like the, it's going to be like the, it's going to be like the biggest back to work after Christmas ever. Yeah. How do you go? It was very quiet. <laughs> Any news? Yeah, yeah. It was lovely and quiet. We had a family around. It was lovely. You know, that I hate that shit after Christmas. Yeah. Why have you been fucking banging on about it for the last six fucking weeks and buying shit for people? And it was lovely and quiet. What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, you've got me. I'm. I'm. I don't know. I'm, I'm just ranty today. This is good. This is good. This is get, this is dealing with your anxiety. You're just angry at everything. Angry at the bin people, the rubbish tippers, the the Brits, people who enjoy Christmas. Canadians, you managed to get us. You somehow managed to squeeze in a, a dig at the Canadians in there. Like just that was superb. They don't even tip. Yeah, and the Australians, because that yeah. fellow was too stupid to realise it was just a mock-up. <laughs> you got them all today, Mike. Nice talk. I hope you feel better. Canadians. Thanks. Um, also watched I Am Legend. Never seen that before. Well worth a look. Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Is that... That's not the one about his, him him and his son being home? No. No. I don't know I Am Legend. What's it about? It's about... Um, Somebody comes up with a cure for cancer, but unfortunately, the side effects make everybody zombies. And I thought, oh, this is going to be shit, but it's very, very good. Okay. Yeah, this is part of my thing to keep um, sort of educating Jimmy in good movies. And the other night, I said to him, right, we're going to sit down and watch 12 Angry Men. And the first thing he says, this is in black and white. And the first eight or nine minutes are really, really ropey and overacted. But once you get into it, you feel like you need a shower after it. I don't know if you can remember the film. Yeah, I remember the yeah. film and the play or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But they're all, they've all got towels and they're sweating because it's so hot. There's no air conditioning in this room. So that it just every, every level is just hot. I felt like I needed a shower. It's hot. They don't, they don't know what they're talking about. Um, there's so much emotion, so much, so much anxiety, so much negativity and positivity and racism and everything in 12 men sitting in a room in black and white. Jimmy looked at me after, wow, that's brilliant. Wow. And then we watched the trial of the Chicago 7. Is it good? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, Sasha Baron Cohen deserves an Oscar. Wow. Brilliant. Absolutely I, fantastic. I keep seeing it and thinking, oh, must, that looks kind of looks like, I'm not, I don't think my wife would watch it, but I would watch it. Well, you think that? And myself and Jimmy have been trying to get Sally Ann to watch it because we'll watch it again. It was that yeah. good to watch again. It was really, it's a courtroom drama, which thought made me think about 12 Angry Men. 
So yeah, it's 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 really really good, and it's kind of got these little flashbacks. Brilliant, brilliant. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, it's just you just stand up. He's <laughs> speaking. <laughs> I I wrongly thought that she was the boss in that house, but she's actually crawled in on hands and knees. <laughs> she's trying to crawl. You don't have to crawl. It's okay. <laughs> oh Jesus! That's probably my uh, my cue to go. Yeah, I think I have to drive to Monster Evan, which is exciting. Okay. Mm. And uh, and my wife has to pick something up. Suzanne, my wife has to pick something up, so I have to go with her. So it's a work thing. It's like yeah, it's just to get stock for the business. Cool. Yeah. And how are nearly sisters doing? Yeah, they're good. They're flying. They're gonna be. I'm gonna be a man of leisure soon. I'll be able to just not work. Yeah. You know, just like you will in a few months with the Don't bags. <laughs> you will. No. It's once you start writing those books, man. You won't. You won't have to go. You know. You can... You know what'll happen, don't you? I'll, I'll, I'll publish my first book. It'll be a roar away success, and then I'll get hit by a fucking fella dumping shit up the road or something. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> good, good night. Have a good day. Enjoy your weekend. Good luck. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the mystery of the confusing man. Sorry, the mystery of the confused man, i.e., me not knowing uh, that Mike was talking about. The commitments. Keith, a friend of mine was married to the blonde one from The Commitments. Sharon, was it? Caroline, was it? Andrea, was it? Jim, no, The Commitments, the blonde one from The Commitments. Holy moly, I think I just... I was clearly stoned for most of that episode. But without... Somebody spiked my tea, I think. Anyway, apologies to Mike, and uh, fair play to you for soldiering on. (laughs) And getting through the episode. Holy moly. Thank you very much for listening as always. I hope things are good with you. I um, I will now attempt to get this edited and published. I, uh, I would hope that if you're enjoying this podcast, if you're new to the podcast, you're very welcome. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell your friends about it. I think they'd like it too. Your friends? Yeah, I think they would. No, If, if I know your friends, and I think I do. Uh, they would like it. Um, and, uh, yeah, subscribe, like it, write a review, share it on social media, big up the mandem, if you see them, my the mandem. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much to ACAS as always. This is part of the ACAS network, and we will continue to make this podcast, whatever happens. Don't even know why I'm saying that. Mac, that could be my sign-off. Ladies and gentlemen, good night. And remember, we'll continue to make this podcast no matter what happens. Goodbye.